OmegaMetroid.com is here. We're so proud to finally share our website with you, giving Metroid fans a dedicated one-stop shop for the latest news, fan creations, walkthroughs, maps, and of course, the latest episodes of the Omega Metroid Podcast. That's not all. If you'd rather listen on YouTube, you can check out episodes there. And if you really want to take your Omega Metroid experience to the next level, consider supporting us on Patreon. You'll get access to special Discord roles, a platform on the website to promote your projects, exclusive bonus shows, and so much more. Memberships start as low as $1 a month. OmegaMetroid.com is the source of all this great content. So whether you're a new Metroid fan or a series veteran, OmegaMetroid.com is the place for you. Check out OmegaMetroid.com today. Welcome to the Champions Cast here on ZeldaDungeon.net. My name is Andy Spateri, joined by Allison Aletha. Al is pumped to be here today. I don't even have to ask her. Isn't that right? <laughs> I'm so excited. <laughs> I just want to apologize to everybody in advance. Like, I will try. I'll try. But I just, this is not my favorite game. So this episode might be hard for me. <laughs> oh, we're going we're gonna to have an awesome show. We're doing... Game-specific Q&A, which is always a fun time, because I feel like we get to, to get really granular into the specific game. And today, we have picked an old an old timer. We're going way back, and we are talking about Zelda 2, The Adventure of Link. You guys submitted a ton of awesome fan questions. We're going to get to them in just a second. But, Al, if I may, I want to plug just for a quick couple of seconds here. Um, sure. First of all... I am about to release episode number two of The Spiteri Show. What the hell is that, you ask? Let me tell you. The Spiteri Show is a bonus podcast that I have started, and it is available over on Omega Metroid's Patreon. And while it's available on the Omega Metroid Patreon, it's actually not really about Metroid at all. It's mostly just about, like, stuff I do and, and stuff I like and just things that interest me. So if you have not gotten sick of my voice on this show and... You want to hear some more stuff that's maybe like video game adjacent stuff like like movies or TV shows or like my wife joined me on on the last Spiteri show. Um, consider heading over to Omega Metroid Patreon and checking that out. Which, by the way, I just released my first. This, there's two bonus podcasts on that show. And the other bonus podcast is called ROM Hack Reviews. And that is a little bit more Metroid focused. Um, and it, as the name implies, it's where I play a ROM hack version of a Metroid game and then review it. And there's like the, the playthrough up there so you can watch the video and stuff. But I don't know, maybe if we get a few people over to that Patreon page that are just like, Hey man, can you do a Zelda game? I would be up for that. So I had to, I had to get that shill in at the beginning and I'm not done Al because I got one other thing to shill as well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so yesterday, uh, gooey fame and I recorded, I think maybe a top five episode of virtual theater ever. Uh, so Virtual Theater is, of course, my third podcast. It is about video game movies and the stories that shape them. 
We watched Dead or Alive, which is just an absolutely outrageous movie, and we had an outrageous show, and that's going to be coming out like next week, so I encourage everybody to go and check that out. There's so much good stuff in the in the backlog, Super Mario, Mortal Kombat, Double Dragon, so many good things in that backlog there, and we have a Patreon for Virtual Theater as well, so like, I think there were, I counted yesterday, there's like 80 bonus episodes over on that Patreon page, including a, a uh, episode by episode breakdown and analysis of the Zelda cartoon. So, I mean, come on. Nice. That's good stuff right there. So yeah, yeah. go and check that out. <laughs> are you, are you and Goo excited to go see Sonic 2? Uh, yeah, yeah I, I think so. Virtual like, theater? we're more excited to go see that than we are to go see like, the Uncharted movie, which oh yeah, we had, we'd actually made plans to go see that like a month ago when it came out, and we were just like, you know what, no, let's let's watch Resident Evil Retribution instead. <laughs> like, <laughs> uh, so yeah, it's uh, the Sonic the Sonic movie was a very pleasant surprise, and I think that Sonic Two looks uh, you know more of the same in like a good way. So yeah, I think that'll be cool. Yeah, that looks fun. I was trying to ask some people if they were, if they wanted to go see it with me in theaters because I'm excited about it, but people aren't that interested. People that aren't into games aren't that interested. They're like, no, why would I? Why? And I was uh, like, oh, come on. Come on. I'd go see it with you, Al. Drive on down here. Yeah, I'll be there in 12 <laughs> hours. I think uh, it's only 12 hours, right? Like, I mean, that's really, like, not that outrageous of a... I think it's, like, 9 to 12. I can't remember. I think I mapped it once just to see, just to see if I was like uh, within spitting distance. I think you'd, uh, I think you'd want to do that in a two day period, like drive six hours, maybe get a hotel, get some dinner, have a, a nice relaxing night somewhere. I, I just, I don't know what the half point is though between us. Um, yeah, I wouldn't know either. That's definitely gotta something be, I have to look at the map. It's got to be somewhere like right on the border, I would imagine. Yeah. Maybe a little bit lower. My geography is bad. With uh, with you Americans, let's just say that you Americans, you Americans. That's okay, I'm pretty sure we're we're bad with geography too. So, all right. Last thing is, uh, I published a spicy opinion piece for OmegaMetroid.com about uh, moving on from Samus as the lead playable character in Metroid Six. Go check that out. So OmegaMetroid.com, Patreon.com forward slash OmegaMetroid for the Spiteri Show and Virtual Theater, the podcast about video game movies and the stories that shape them. We've also got Zelda Dungeons Musical March Madness just trugging along. By the time you listen to this, it's probably going to oh, be yeah. a couple days into maybe the first day of the third round. So you know what? Uh, let's make sure that um, the right songs win. Yeah, I haven't checked my place in the predictions, but I was You're number one, buddy. the other day. Am yeah. I still number one? Yeah. That's not going to last, but that's exciting. <laughs> I think I'm number two. So, I mean, oh, nice. like, we should go buy a lottery ticket somewhere. Somewhere, yeah, seriously. Maybe we'll win, like, 50 bucks. I don't know. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. Do you have anything you want to plug before we get down to business, or is it time to talk about Adventure of Link, Al? I thought maybe you'd uh, have, like, an itinerary of things to delay the process. Um. Okay, let me talk about my garden a little bit. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Let's just get this over with. <laughs> I think that this is going to be a fun experience for you to talk about this game and to get some of those feelings out into the world. I'm excited for this. We asked you guys for questions. Uh, you delivered. We asked you guys for questions that were not about a remake, 
And you guys really delivered, so I'm I'm really pumped to get going here. Um, so let's just kick it right off. So we're gonna have we're gonna start with Facebook. So Rigo asks us if there were to be a remake or reboot of Zelda 2, and Nintendo asks you to make a choice of gameplay, which one would you choose? Um, a choice of gameplay. So I I I'm not sure I totally get that. I think if there's a remake of this game, that it's going to be like in the same style, like it's going to be the, the 2D presentation. Um, so, I mean, I think you'd have to go with that if you're going to remake this game. The question is, why remake it at all, I feel like? Uh, I really do believe that, like, most of the most of the features that make this a frustrating game for a lot of people are actually fixed in the Switch version, where you can rewind, specifically rewind, uh, and you can make save states. That, I feel like, to me, is a literal game changer. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I think that, like, uh, if, if you were to remake this game, you'd have to go with, like, the same kind of stylistic gameplay, right? Because otherwise, what's the point? Yeah, I'm kind of I'm kind of of the mind that you shouldn't remake this game. I'm okay with, um, you know, kind of how Breath of the Wild was inspired by Zelda 1, where Zelda, you know, the original Zelda was supposed to be open world and such, and uh, Breath of the Wild was kind of going off of that. I'd be okay with a game kind of being inspired by Zelda 2, but I don't think Zelda 2 needs to be, like, completely rehashed. As much as I don't like it, it's very unique in its own way, and I think it, I think it, um, you know, it doesn't hold up for me, but it holds up for a lot of people, and I can't really see it being put in a different gameplay, a different art style, a different, um, like, mechanic, the way that it's run, like, how you move and operate in the overworld and in the different, um, spaces. So, as far as, like, choice of gameplay i would just keep it exactly the same if it was absolutely remade you know what i mean like it's unique so i think it should stay that way right i i think that maybe you could find a smoother transition between the overworld and and the 2d kind of uh like battles almost if you will like when when you hit an enemy and you go to that little battle arena but i feel like um yeah i feel like we're both in agreement here so there you go rigo um let's move on to a question from Wally Merritt's son. So shout out to Wally Merritt's son here. Um, do you think that experience points used in Zelda 2 should be used in a future Zelda game? You know, I actually, I'm not really crazy about the experience points in this. And, and I like that system for like RPGs and, and stuff like that. But I think for me, for Zelda, I just kind of like having the more adventure kind of aesthetic. Um... Not that it's, like, a bad idea. I don't mind, like, weapon stats and stuff like we have in Breath of the Wild, but I think in terms of experience points, I, I'm okay with them not being reintroduced. What about you, Al? Um, I actually really like experience points in games, and if I'm remembering right about um, Zelda 2, it, like, different aspects had experience points, like the magic and your attack and your life and stuff, right? So... I would be okay with that because it, it would make me feel like I'm playing a version of like a Skyrim type game or something where you have different aspects of, you know, Link's, uh, Link's adventure. Um, you have different a uh, aspects of, you know, Link and say with his bow that could get some experience point with his sword, um, you know, uh, skills. You can get some experience points with that. Um, maybe keep life and like stamina the same. I kind of like how that is right now as far as Breath of the Wild. So, but I really love 
uh, experience like requirements and stuff in games. It's something that because I like the I like the grind for it. So I don't know. I would love to see it come back in a future Zelda game. Okay. Yeah, I think I'm more about like weapon stats than I am about like actual like experience points. But I guess it wouldn't be like the worst thing in the world if it came back. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like. Like, in this game, though, like, you, you use your experience points to, like, level up your health or level up your magic or whatever. And, like, I feel like that is present in newer Zelda games. But they've kind of, like, replaced grinding and battling enemies for that. And they swapped it out with, like, you have to explore and do puzzles to find a piece of heart. To find uh, a magic upgrade or something like that. So, right. I, th- I think I like that just a little bit more. But, uh, yeah, I, I don't disagree with what you said. Um, Luke has a great question that I want you to answer first, Al. How would the series look today if games released after Zelda 2 played like it instead of reverting to the Zelda 1 formula? Mm, I don't know. Like, I can't imagine... I can't imagine a world where Zelda 2 came out and they were like, wow, this is great. This turned out really good. The reception was amazing. Let's keep going. But instead, like, I'm pretty sure I've said this before, but I really respect Zelda 2 for coming out and, like, showing that <laughs> it's not really the ideal gameplay. So that's why we went back to the way we were and we got our Zelda formula and that's how we are today. So I don't know. We would probably see the continue of experience points. Um, uh, some things are the same, like you're getting items, you're fighting bosses, going through dungeons. So it's not like insanely different. It's just I'm not a huge fan of the enemies popping up in the grass like you're playing Pokemon (laughs) and and, uh and I don't know some other aspects of the game or the fact that I know it's uh I know it's changed in the switch but like when you die and you have to go all the way back to the beginning and like travel and then fight enemies again because they're popping up you even though you've already passed this place so I don't know I just I can't imagine a world where we would have those things but we do still have a lot of the zelda formula in this game and today so i don't know it's hard to think about i think that the series as a whole would not be as popular as it is today if if it was set in this similar style of um yeah presentation because uh, and and not i I think that you could have fine-tuned some of the shortcomings of this game like i think that you could have even even on like the Super Nintendo, you could introduce a better save system, a better checkpoint system, a better um, maybe ex- way to get experience other than grinding. I think all that could have been addressed. But the thing is, for me, is like there were a lot of two D side scrollers in that era, and one of the things that helped the original Zelda really stick out is that it was a different kind of adventure. Um, and I think that that also helped, like, the original Metroid stick out, too, while I'm at it. Because that was also, like, while that was 2D, that you could go up, down, left, right. And I think that that applies to Zelda, where, like, you can... Go, it was just a different type. There was no set levels, anything like that. Whereas, with Zelda 2, it feels more like the the games of its time. Where, like, there's not necessarily levels, but it kind of feels like that, almost. With the, uh, you know, with the... Like you mentioned, the Pokemon battles and stuff like that. I think we, we would have went... A long time eventually getting to where a link to the past took us which was like basically plain you know i'll, I'll say open world even though it, me saying that doesn't mean i'm talking about breath of the wild but like that was a seamless integrated experience with the overworld with the dungeons and stuff like that i think that zelda 2 kind of had that like uh it, it kind of had a little bit of that exploration that the original zelda had but then like 
kind of had like micro levels that a lot of other 2D platformers had. And I think people just wanted that exploration. So I, I think that it would have eventually kind of reverted to what we ended up getting anyways. But um, I don't I, I don't think the series would, would have been as successful if it stuck with that. Because I think that, uh, you know, Link to the Past was such a revelation yeah. that, you know, I, I think it would have been... It kind of would have just been like another SNES game, like any other SNES game if The Link to the Past was was in 2D. That's just my opinion. Maybe it wouldn't have been. Maybe it would have been completely awesome, but I guess we'll never know. We'll never know, and I, I'm okay with that. <laughs> um, all right, Foster has a question. This is the last one from Facebook. Why was this game's playstyle so different from every other game? Was it a different dev team from the first game? Um, so this isn't really an opinion question. This is just a... Uh, a question question. So the developer of the first uh, Zelda game in the series was Nintendo R&D 4, and Shigeru Miyamoto was both the producer and the director of that game, um, whereas Adventure of Link was also developed by Nintendo R&D 4, but the, and the producer was also Shigeru Miyamoto, but the director was uh, Tadashi... I'm not even going to try for this last name. I'm sorry. I don't want to butcher it. Um, so essentially, the dev teams were exactly the same. There was just a slight change in directing personnel, which you know, isn't going to be a total game changer. I think that, you know, we've seen this with Nintendo time and time and time again throughout their history. And like, you can criticize them all you want about different aspects. Some of it, right. Some of it, maybe not, but they're not afraid to take risks. And, um, I think that Zelda two is a perfect example of that. And kind of like you said, Al, like I respect them for doing it and for trying it. Yeah. They, um, my, my, thinking on this is that they wanted they saw their success from their first game and they kind of wanted to go in a little bit different direction try a few new things and they did and it's okay that it didn't work out um you know as much as they had hoped at least I don't think it did at the time it definitely doesn't now but there there are still people that loved uh that game and loved the Zelda series um you know in spite of it it is the black sheep but like it was a test and they were able to kind of evaluate and uh take a step back and then come up with something as amazing as a link to the past so you know yeah like i said respect to this game all right let's go over to twitter our buddy Spamaman has a question how did a badass soundtrack with bangers like the temple theme get stuck being the only redeeming factor on this game um you know, I, I don't think that that's true, actually. The soundtrack is really awesome for what it is. I think there's only, like, six or eight tracks, but all of them are really solid. But, you know, I, I do think that there that's not the only redeeming thing. This game does a lot of other things really well, I think, as well. Um, like, the enemy designs are really awesome. The, the Like, the sprite work, I feel like, is really awesome. The overworld is, is actually kind of cool, I think. But, uh, you know, maybe your mileage may vary on that, depending on how much you you like getting hit by Pokemon when you're, uh, when you're traversing <laughs> it. Um, so I, I, I definitely don't think that the music is the only redeeming quality. I think that there's a lot of redeeming qualities. I, you know what? Even the story, I mean, for what it is for an NES game, I think that the story is, is pretty decent actually. But, um, uh, I, you know, I, I think if you were to say that like the music is the, the best thing about the game. Yeah. I could totally accept that, but I'm not going to sit here and say that it's the only redeeming quality. I don't know if Allison might, but I'm not going to. I don't think I would say that either. I mean, I don't really like that many tracks from it, and I don't really like the game. And I'm so sorry that I keep saying this stuff, but there are wow. like uh, <laughs> there are things that do pop out from this game that ha are like 
oh god i want to i don't know i wouldn't say redeeming qualities but that are good like there are good positive things about this game so i wouldn't say that the, that the music is the only thing that redeems it in any way it's just it's just has a couple of tracks in my opinion that are great and that came from that game so i'm glad that that game exists so that we could have you know like palace and the the temple theme in melee and i so that's cool i like that but yeah i wouldn't say i think that's kind of harsh even for me so. wow and i edited that question to make it more radio friendly yeah. by the way <laughs> yeah seriously um all right this is a simple question this is from as a dark lord best boss what do you think al do you got a best boss in this game uh shadow link or is it link's shadow in this game uh well yeah it's link's shadow i think um because that was cool that was the first time that we saw something like that and the fact that he as you know pops up more in the series afterwards is kind of cool but i don't know i thought that was kind of a a nifty thing that that was the final boss you had to defeat yourself which was i think pretty awesome that's one of those qualities that i thought was actually pretty cool about the game so i'd say i don't know if that's an easy answer but <laughs> i had an easy answer uh my answer is thunderbird I think that the sprite is so cool for this. Um, I kind of like that you have to, like, the only way that you can that you can beat him is to, like, use thunder. So it kind of pays off if you've been exploring and talking to the villagers and getting the magic and stuff like that. Um, I really like Barba, too, though. So there's something about, like, Barba's sprite just kind of makes me smile. I don't know if it just reminds me of, like, of, like, uh, Aquamentis or something. But yeah. I, I don't know. This guy's. He's he's like the prototype for uh, for for Volvagia, so I, I kind of have a soft spot for him as well. Um, yeah, I think that the bosses in this game are actually pretty good. Horsehead is cool, uh, you know, he's a cool guy. So, but yeah, I mean, it's got to be Thunderbird for me. It's just a cool, such a cool sprite, cool fight. Um, yeah, Thunderbird. I would love to see Thunderbird come back. I think we've talked about this before, but that's that is someone that is just screaming for a three D. Breath of the Wild-esque interpretation. Oh my god, can you imagine, like, the details on that thing? Because just looking at it now, like, it's probably the most detailed boss of all of them. Yeah, I think so. Oh, the, I could just imagine this, like, giant blue, transparent, like, deity-looking mother. And that would be scary. <laughs> um, last question. This, is, this question is for you, Al. Elias asks this, our buddy from Zelda Universe. <laughs> Why are you doing this? <laughs> And I said it's because you like to see me suffer. So It is yeah, that is true, but I also feel like Elias, we are two hundred and five episodes into this show, and I think we've spent maybe two episodes talking about this game. <laughs> Total. Total. So yeah. I think I think it was due. It deserved some love. Alright, let's get over to our Discord questions where most of our questions came from. Here we go. This is from Corey Richmond. Among all the flaws and limitations Zelda 2 has, do you think it matters that neither the overworld nor the dungeons have in-game maps in a series that has become so much about exploration? Would maps have improved the game at all? That's a really great question, actually. And I didn't... Uh, I didn't really take that into consideration. But I think my gut answer is to say... I mean, obviously a map would have improved the game. But I don't think that the map missing was like the fatal flaw of this game if you were to ask me about uh metroid on the nes that game not having a map included was like a fatal flaw 
Whereas this game, I feel like navigation in and of itself is like easy. Easy enough. I, I feel like I'm never lost. I feel like the overworld isn't so big that I can't explore it. I, I think that the real problem with this game is that there's no checkpoints and that there is limited lives and limited opportunity for you to collect lives. And um, it's it's hard to maintain a sense of progress when you are constantly dying and, and going back to the beginning of the game. I, I think that's the fatal flaw of this game. And I don't I don't know if you agree with this, Al, but I, I actually don't think that a map would have... I mean, it would have made it better, but I don't think that it would have uh, covered for all of the other limitations and flaws. I mean, I kind of... I'm thinking of a map that would have worked great is, like, as you go, it kind of fills, um, which would have been nice because you die constantly and you're going back to the beginning, so it would kind of be nice to see where you've been and where you've gone, and you'd be like, oh, I can go this direction now. Um, I'm having a hard time remembering, like, the dungeons in this game, so I can't really speak to how the dungeons might differ. Um, it doesn't feel like there's that much confusion. There would be that much confusion, because it's really just, like, a side-scroller game, so I can't see it being too confusing. But for the overworld, I could I kind of would have liked to seen a map that did that, where you just, like, everywhere you go, it would kind of fill the map, and you would be able to see your tracks. Right. I, you know, I might suggest that, like, I think more in-depth hints at where some of these dungeons are might have been better than an actual map. Because, like, yeah. finding Hidden Palace is, you know, pretty tough if you I don't mean, know where you're it's going. Hidden? But no, I'm just kidding. Um, A map would have been a good way to have checkpoints, too. Like, if you reached a town on your map, and that way you, like, okay, I died. I go back to the town I was just at. Well, if, if we're talking a map with warp points... Which I, I'm not sure that was a thing back then, but like that would have been good. Yeah. That would have been good. But I, yeah, I, I don't think that there were many games doing that back in uh, 1987. So, all right. Uh, Chewbacca has a question. Do you think that Zelda 2 helped inspire or improve Zelda games? So my Absolutely. answer for this, Chewbacca, is that I think that every single game helps improve and inspire future Zelda games. Um, even the bad ones, because you can learn what doesn't work, what does work, certain aspects. I, I think that, like, even the worst Zelda games typically have, like, some kind of redeeming quality. I'm not really sure what that is about Triforce Heroes, but I think every other game you can say <laughs> that, like, there's a redeeming quality in this game that can, that can like, be used in future Zelda games. So, I, yeah, I, I think that definitely there was a lot of... Um, you know, I think that there's a lot of things that this game did, and, and maybe some of them were what not to do for the next game, right? Like, you can look at this, and maybe you can see, like, um, if Zelda 2 was never made, would we have got A Link to the Past? I, I'm not sure about that. So, yeah, I think that uh, definitely this helped um, improve future Zelda games. I I um, I agree completely, absolutely. It did help improve and. Um, I'm not sure about Inspire, but it definitely helped improve Zelda games for the future in, of the series. But the what you just said made me have a thought, and I think our next game-specific question should be about Triforce Heroes. No way. <laughs> yeah, way. No way. Okay, you can have it, but I'm sitting out. Oh my, what? I'm sitting that one out. What? You're making me sit through this one. <laughs> Well, let me tell uh, you that. There, you, that that isn't even in the same ballpark 
Okay. Oh my god. <laughs> They're not even. It's not even close. So right, let's keep going here. Um, Corey Richard, we asked people not to ask us about Zelda Two remakes, and Corey comes out with a Zelda Two remake question here. So, real creative, pal. If Zelda <laughs> Two was were remade, what changes and omissions would you make? So we kind of touched on this earlier. I feel like I just wouldn't remake it at all, to be honest, because um, it doesn't need to be remade. And uh, I think that the obvious answers are, you, you know, you include a map, you include warp points, you include a better check system, you you include um, better progression system, you maybe include. Uh, I, I mean, there's there's like tons of things that you can include that you could do if you were to remake this game, but. Yeah, I just, I don't think that it needs it, to be honest. I, I think that that playing this game on the Switch with save states and rewind is good enough. Um, yeah, I agree. I, again, I don't think it really should be remade. I, I just have a hard time even imagining it having a remake or, like, a remodel or anything. Well, like I mean, light. it would it's be, like, a five-hour so, game, you know? It's, I don't know, it's just so different, um... So, yeah, I mean, everything that you said, like, um, being able to have checkpoints so that when you die, it's not as painful. And, um, yeah, I, I mean, all the same things you said, I'd just be reiterating. So, I agree. You know what? I'm going to throw this out there for everybody that wants to see a Zelda 2 remake. There is a game, and I believe it's called Phenotopia Awakening. And this game is an indie game. And it's as much of a Zelda 2 remake as you are ever going to get. Um, it's very, very inspired by Zelda 2. The developer uh, sent me a code for the game to try out. I have to admit that I wasn't in love with it because it, it's very Zelda 2-like. But uh, if you do like Zelda 2, I bet you that you like this game. So check it out. Phenotopia Awakening. Uh, we got a series of questions here from uh, Christy. Christy Weeks? I don't know if that's how you say it, but... Uh, let's do this rapid fire, Al. What do you think are the best aspects of Adventure of Link? I really like the spells, I like the music, and I like the sprites. I I like um I like some stuff about the game. <laughs> I agree the sprites are kind of cool looking and there's a couple songs that I like and I can't remember the spells that much, so I I can't help you there. Oh my god, I'm just so bad at this. <laughs> Alright, next question. What are some things in Zelda 2 that you'd want to return in future titles? So I think you said XP, right, Al? Yeah, I, I like the XP idea, and I, I would love them to expand on that. Um, I think that I would be down to see the more, like, offensive spells come back, and the more, like, uh, the kind of spells that let you adventure further, like the fairy spell, for example. That would be cool to see that come back. Because, like, mm -hmm. the spells that we have now are, like, Nehru's love and and you know Din's power and stuff like that and those are kind of cool but like you know those specific type of uh, spells would be cool. Uh, last one from him from Christy. Finally, what would you like to see or would you like to see a more radical departure to the series in the future or stick to a more traditional Zelda style? Well, maybe I I think we're kind of we can have our cake and eat it too because I think that we do have games like Hyrule Warriors and Cadence of Hyrule which is like a pretty radical, you know, departure but it's like a side story by another developer. So I I think that we can say that like yeah, we're totally I totally want more of those while also saying that like I want the mainline Zelda series to stay the same but always keep evolving as well. So um 
Yeah, I think that you can. Uh, I think that we can. That we can have both things here, Al. We can be greedy. <laughs> yeah, I'm okay with that. I'm also okay with just like a mainline Zelda game, just going completely left field uh, and just seeing where it takes us. Well, hold like, on, because we got Triforce Heroes last time they tried to do something like that. I mean, that wasn't like insanely different. They were going off of like stuff like Four Swords, so it wasn't like crazy, crazy, but you know. Sometimes when you do have like a black sheep like this, you tried and it didn't work, so you went back and made the series better. But, you know, you could always try again, and maybe something would actually be really cool and really stick, and you could revolutionize the whole series, that, you know, for all future games. Or it might be awful, and you can once again go back and reevaluate. So I'm totally okay with them, you know, taking the risks every once in a while. I'd love to see something, a departure and... I don't know what that would look like now, but I mean, I I, th- mean, I think that looks like Cadence of Hyrule or something like that. Now that's that's so small, though. You know, I want to see like a big mainline title. Okay, oh, I think that's what Age of Calamity is. That I think that's pretty close to what that looks like. Mm, Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just um, imagining something different, I guess. I'd be down for a Zelda RPG, though. Let me tell you that I've been pitching that yeah. for years. Okay, this yeah. question is only for you, Al. Uh, JC asks us, did you actually enjoy Adventure of Link or did it feel like a chore? I bet I know your answer. I don't even think it felt like a chore. It just felt like a punishment. <laughs> wow. Um, you know what? I, I think that uh, playing playing the original <laughs> Adventure of Link is definitely a chore. And it's it's just something I frankly would not do. So, yeah. This is a great question. Paper Origami has uh, has a, an earful for us here. Um, with the new widespread accessibility of Adventure of Link due to the NES games pack that comes with the Nintendo Switch Online subscription, do you think that Adventure of Link is more enjoyable than it used to be with upgraded controls and the ability to rewind and save or whatever you want? Do you think that people should give it a, a second chance now, or is it too frustrating and difficult for you to ever try again? I think that there is absolutely no question and no debate that this is more enjoyable on the Switch than anywhere else. Like, not even close. The rewind the rewind feature, I've said it a few times now, but it is literally a game changer. And it turns a very frustrating experience into a very... I mean, I, I don't know if I would say enjoyable for everybody. Like, I, I feel like if you just don't like this game, like, the rewind isn't going to change that. But it makes it a lot more manageable. So yeah, I can yeah I, can I think see that it does. That. I can see that, and I would know that if I did give it a second chance, that I would totally understand that those changes are helping me. I just I just need to get to that point. I I have to be pushed to the point where I'll give it a second chance because at at this time it's just something that's been so frustrating for me in my past, and I just remember disliking it so much that I don't have any motivation to right. try again. I think that's fair. Like, I, I think that for you, Al, I don't know that the rewind and save states would make it a more enjoyable experience. Gotcha. And, you know, like, it's, I think, I mean, it probably would, but it wouldn't, you wouldn't come out of it just being like, okay, this is actually a pretty, like, solid game. I just, I don't think that's enough. I think that it's, like, fundamentally just maybe not a game for you. Just, that's a very, I like that. Fundamentally not a game for me. I like it. Um, well, I like this question from our boy, David Nystrom. What if, I'm going to kind of 
rephrase this question here because he he asked about a remake and I'm not going there again. Um, if Adventure of Link was remade in the 2D HD style, like Octopath Traveler, Triangle Strategy, um, would you want to see that? Hell yeah. I love that yeah, presentation, actually. man. I love yeah. that presentation. Looks so good. Actually, I was thinking of, uh, I'm going on a little road trip next, next weekend, which by the way, I guess we should talk about because uh, we need to jig around our our uh, recording schedule Al but I'm going on a little road trip and I was thinking of picking up Triangle Strategy because I haven't picked it up yet just to play on the road I would love to see something in that art style because I think it's great I think it's charming and it has good music and I I love Octopath Traveler I still haven't played Triangle Strategy yet I bought it but right after Arceus I was like I really want to replay Shield so I've been replaying Shield for like 50 hours so there you go. Um, we have a, a late, so I just got a Twitter notification from uh, one of our, our good uh, our good buddies, uh, Tony. Um, and I'm going to ask his question. We're going to button line here, but it's a, it's a good question. Um, so Tony says, as a big fan of Zelda 2, uh, it always bums me out that you guys are always so negative about this game. I think as long <laughs> as you can follow a guy to watch some videos to get good at the combat, the game is very enjoyable and a good challenge. So my question is, are you guys willing to give the game another chance? I would be willing to give advice on the game if the issue is that it's too hard. Um, he thinks that it's actually one of the easier games on the NES. I don't know if I agree with that, but um, I don't know. I like. I, I think this is more a question for you because I have given it another... Uh, like, I played it last year. I played it in November, actually, when I reviewed the um, the uh, Game & Watch system. So this question really is for you, Al. Would you give it another chance? Um, well, like I said, I have to be, I have to be pushed there. I just don't have the motivation. And this is why I always say sorry for how I feel about the game, because I just, I hate being that person because it's somebody else's favorite game. You know, people do right. like this game yeah. and I hate being that person where somebody really likes something and you just like rag on it and it's just like making that person feel not great. You know, I see that all over social media all the time and it doesn't make me feel great about the things I love. So I try. I'm like, I'm so sorry that I don't like it, and I, I wish, I wish I did. Hold, hold on here. Let me, let me go to bat for you, Al. Let me go to bat <laughs> for you here. There's a big difference between what you're saying and people that just like dump on something just to make themselves feel better. You're giving a val. I mean, there are very valid reasons not to enjoy this game, and I think that if you are a big fan of Zelda 2, and like Tony said, it's his favorite 2D Zelda game. I think that you kind of have to know that like you're going to be in the minority and and as long as you're like laying out why you don't like it which i feel like you have in a very articulate and respectful way like i mean you know you're not going to tell me that i like chocolate ice cream when i don't right so it's just like <laughs> you know god it yeah, is what it thank is thank you it is what it is thank you but again i'm not i promise i won't like just crap on it cuz i'm not like that all right so uh let's let's move on here let's keep it moving Lost in Zelda asks your favorite adventure of Link character. I, so before we answer this, in these questions, a lot of people have just wrote AOL, and I don't know what what is going on in my brain, but I've like four times now I've almost said Age of Calamity instead of like Adventure <laughs> of Link. I, I oh, think it's AOL. just because I'm. It's I think it's just because I'm used to seeing like AOC for the last I don't know two years or whatever at this point. Um, my favorite character is Error. This guy rocks. I just, yeah. He's so funny. I, I love that, like, freaking Error just, you know. <laughs> that was going to be my answer. I love Error. 
I love uh, it, and I love that it's a meme. Thirty years later, thirty-five years later. Yeah, I mean, there's like, I guess there are characters, but like, I, there's no characters that stick out to me. Like, Error is the one. I guess you could say Impa because this was her debut. Ooh, was it her debut? Was she in the manual of Zelda One? Oh yeah, I, that's right. I don't remember now. I can't remember either. I want to say this is her debut, but I could be completely wrong. But um, anyways, I guess you could say. I guess you could say, like, Impa, but, uh, yeah, Error, it's gotta be Error, that guy rocks. Um, Game Worm has a question, barring Palace, what is your favorite song in the game? What say you, Al? Do you have a favorite song other than, um, uh, I w- other than I Palace? Actually, I don't know what to call it, but the first thing that pops to my mind is, like, the open, or the overworld music. Like, the overworld theme. Right. I, I kinda dig that, it's alright, like... It's like the first thing that popped into my head, aside from Palace. So I would say I'd like it enough. Okay. Um, I don't know if this is like cheating or not, but I would say that the Great Palace theme is awesome. <laughs> like it's the, uh, it's the the one that plays like at the end of, uh, you know, in the last palace. There, I uh-huh. think that uh, most of the music though is is pretty good in this game. You know, you can say what you will, but it, as far as like an NES soundtrack, I think that this game is pretty good. So there you go. Um, we kind of covered uh, we kind of covered this question, but maybe just really quick. What enemy and or boss did you hate the most in Zelda Two? This is for Metroid Hunter. Um, I so like I hated a lot of them to be honest. Uh, <laughs> I think there is I I can't remember his name, but there's like uh like a knight that's riding on a horse. And, uh, or it's like an iron knuckle and it's riding on a horse. And I had a heck of a time with that. Cause you have to like do the, uh, like the down thrust with your sword on top of him. And it is just a nightmare. I had a really tough time with, um, there's like a wizard as well. Uh, I'm going to, I'm just going to pull it up right now. His name is Karak and he is, so Rebanak is who I was thinking of the, uh, the iron knuckle on the horse, but Karak, I had a real tough time with as well. Um, I'm trying to think, uh, I can't remember the bosses very well, but I'm pretty sure I just, like, was so aggroed by any enemy that threw something in an arc. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think that, honestly, like, the bosses were manageable. It was the Dark Nuts in, like, the, like, any Dark Nut at all. I was just like, oh my god, not again. Because they always, <laughs> always killed me. Always. Yeah, any, anything that kind of threw something at you in a way that you had to like anticipate it but also like not move in the direction of another enemy was just super frustrating for me because that's usually how i died right all right this is a cool question um this is from pipap pup cool name um in adventure of link not age of calamity but adventure of link what spell was your favorite and what spell did you use the most so we kind of touched on this earlier. I really like the fairy spell just because like it's a movement spell that allows you to get into like a little bit more, I guess I would define them as like hidden areas. Like you can get like an extra, um, like a link doll, like an extra life by using it. I I think that those are, are like cool spells to have in Zelda game because they like change the way that you can move around the map. So those ones kind of are default my favorite. Um I think that the the jump spell was pretty cool too. Again, kind of like the same thing where it like allows you to move around the map a little bit more in a different way. So as you can tell, those those are kind of my my preferred type of spells rather than like offensive spells. So yeah, fairy and the jump spell, I would say. 
Um, I just I don't remember use like I'm trying to remember when I played what using them was like, but I feel like personally I would have preferred the more offensive spells because those are the things that I enjoy from you know other Zelda games like Dead's Fire. I prefer over the other spells in Ocarina of Time. Um, and like the medallions, they weren't. I don't know if they were really spells, but you like had the medallions in uh, A Link to the Past, right. and I like the Quake one and like the the Lightning one. Sorry, I feel like those might as well be spells, right? Like yeah, same it idea. felt like they were. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like if I were to pick a favorite without really remembering them, it'd probably be the Fire and Thunder because those seem like the offensive ones. Uh, okay, that's fair enough. Um. Really quickly, let's answer this because I think that we've kind of touched on it before. But their follow-up question was, did you find the random overworld encounters an annoyance or beneficial to the overall game? No, they, they were kind of annoying. They were um, annoying. The, the actual, like, I don't know. The, the actual, like, encounters themselves, like, kind of varied. Um, you know, some of them were okay. Some of them were actually good because you got easy experience. But some of them is just like, I just want to, I just want to go. Um... I think that if there would have been a way to almost like an earthbound in, in earthbound, once you reach a certain level, um, the, the enemies on the map run away from you cause they don't want to battle you cause they're too powerful and you can actually just go and attack them. And like, you don't go into a battle screen. You just get the XP right there. That would have really been great for this game. I, I think it was obviously probably way ahead of its time. And you know, that wasn't a thing that was going to be happening in the late eighties, but that would have been really cool if that happened, and, uh, you know, it, I think it comes back to, again, the fatal flaw of this game is the checkpoint system, and, like, having to do the same, like, random battles after you've already went all the way back to the beginning of the map, that is what makes it seem annoying. It wouldn't have been that bad if you, like, were progressing and, and, and like, doing these battles, but the fact that you have to keep on doing the same ones, that that's what kind of makes it a little bit of a chore. Yeah, I find, I mean, I find uh like forced random encounters in any game annoying like i just don't like that mechanic in games i understand that you need to be gaining xp to so that you are prepared for the next portion of the game but i can make that choice for myself and i'm like pokemon i'm so glad that they did away with that in the recent years with their games <clears throat> because oh my gosh it was just super obnoxious so i'm really glad that i can choose when to go when to go into tall grass and mess with Pokemon <laughs> and have them mess with me. So I, I found it absolutely bonkers in this game. Alright, fair enough. Uh let's keep it going here. Paper Origami asks, what is your favorite and least favorite item in the game? I don't know if I have a least favorite. I feel like uh I feel like I can't think of one that's like a least favorite. Um I would say my favorite is either I got I I gotta love the raft. I love that the raft is like an item that I just think that it's so funny. But there's also like the uh, the power glove that you get, and it's like uh, I don't know. You could just carry it. You could, it's it's actually not like that great of an upgrade. It's just like a unless you smash blocks and stuff. But like I just I don't know. I feel like it's so funny that there's like a power glove that you can get in this game. Um, again, I have a hard time remembering, uh, like, the items, so probably Sword would have been my favorite, but the raft is cool. I also like when rafts are, like, an item in the games. <laughs> it's kind of fun, and I loved the throwback to the raft in 
Breath of the Wild. Um, I don't know. The ha is the hammer cool? I can't remember. Yeah, I would imagine a, the okay. hammer's cool. I usually like hammer items in games, like any game. Yeah, I feel like the hammer's all right. All right, I'm choosing the hammer. All right, good choice. Um, okay, we kind of touch on this, but maybe we'll just uh, give our boy King Quirty a quick answer here. What are your thoughts on the game's XP mechanic? Is it a good addition that improves the game's combat variety? Is it as is it bad as leveling up and grinding are practically required by the end, or is it somewhere in the middle? I think that I would more so err on the it's bad because you have to level up and grind. Um, but I I I don't know. Like I don't hate it. I definitely don't hate it. But kind of like I said earlier, I would have rather if we we're gonna have those RPG elements, I would have rather had like different weapons that had higher stats that you could use that would improve your offensive output and kind of reverted back to like traditional like you find heart pieces to increase your health i think that that could have been a nice middle ground because you you like i mean you do you have to grind a lot mm -hmm. in this game um and it's for me it's just not as exciting when like you have like there's there's a, a sense of accomplishment when you find like a heart piece and in this game enemies just kind of drop experience bags sometimes and which is like a little bit less exciting a little bit more anticlimactic so uh that would be yeah i think i would err on the side of like i could do without it i like i said before i like it it, it i think it's a start uh for as far as zelda 2 goes but and i know there are other games besides skyrim that do this but skyrim is my force of reference so i'm going to use that but do it like skyrim you know, be able to pick your class or something, how, what kind of warrior you're going to be or whatever, and then be able to level up like that and then have a big enough game where it doesn't feel like a grind. It feels like progress. You know what I mean? Right. So on your own terms, too, rather than being forced into encounters so that you're leveling up your experience and whatnot. So I totally think it's possible in future Zelda games. Uh, okay, fair enough. So we've got a, uh, a cool question here from Quigs. Uh, they ask, how different do you think the Zelda series would have become if the developers had kept the more RPG elements of Adventure of Link? Would the series be as popular and influential? So, I think that it wouldn't have made that much of a difference, actually. Um, and we're talking about just the just the RPG elements. So, assuming that A Link to the Past kind of is what it is and plays the way that it plays, I think that if A Link to the Past had like uh, an experience point system where you could level up, I don't think that would have. I don't think it would have changed the game experience all that much. Maybe even if we want to go drastic and say that like there were no pieces of heart in that game and like you just leveled up and got like the, you know, the same kind of progression that you do in, in Adventure of Link. I don't think that that in and of itself would have changed the series a whole lot. I definitely think it would have changed if they kept the side-scrolling, you know, perspective. But yeah, I, I don't know if it would have changed that a whole lot. You know. We kind of we kind of ended up there anyways with Breath of the Wild, where like you have different weapons that give you different stats and stuff like that. So, um, I it would have been different for sure, but I don't I don't think that I would sit here and say that like I think that Zelda would be less popular and influential if it had that because I yeah. think that what made Zelda so popular and influential was its its world design, its exploration, its dungeons, its items. Um, I don't I think that. Uh, the experience would have just kind of been a, like, uh, I don't know, an added bonus maybe or a, or a minor inconvenience, depending on your perspective. Um, I agree. If we're just talking about the RPG elements, like, I don't think it would have caused any um, 
like anything to be not as popular as it is now but you know i like i'm okay with our the rpg elements coming back and i'm okay with also them not being as um apparent in the zelda series because again like it makes zelda the zelda series unique the way you get items the way you get weapons the way you get uh health and stamina and all that sort of stuff so i like i guess i'd just be okay with either or to be honest but yeah. i don't think it would have been a bad influence on the series at, by any means no I, I don't think it would have swayed the the pendulum too far in either direction for sure no. Um, this is a great question. Why hasn't Mazra, aka Horsehead, returned since Adventure of Link? That's also from Quigs. I don't know, man. This guy rocks. Like, he he definitely needs to come back. And actually, so the horse god in Breath of the Wild totally reminds me of this guy. Because he's kind of creepy. He's kind of weird. He doesn't have armor. So I guess it's not really all that familiar in that way. But yeah, I mean, this guy should definitely come back. Like... Instead of fighting, like, your 80th Hinox of the game, let's get, like, Gleok. Let's get Horsehead. Let's get Aquamentus up in here. You know, let's get Barba. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. Some of these old school sprites would look so cool. Yeah. If done in the Breath of the Wild style. And it just, it would just make so much sense, too. Like, I I would be down for that. I would, I, I would just absolutely pop off if they, if they told me that, like, I pitched this before where I'm like, man, make it a side quest where like all eight original Zelda bosses are in are in Zelda Breath of the Wild 2. That would be like the most hype announcement that you could possibly give me for that game. <laughs> yeah. That would be so awesome. Make it happen. Somebody at Nintendo in Discord, tell them about my idea. Um, okay. <laughs> Let's keep it moving here. Ocarina Holder 52 has two questions here. Uh his first question, well, let's Let's see. Let's see uh, your answer. My answer here, Al. How long does it usually take to beat Adventure of Link? Uh. Well. Um. How old am I now? Seventeen. I don't, I don't years? want to answer that. <laughs> Seventeen years. That's how long it's taken me to beat the game. <laughs> okay. Well, on one hand, you've got seventeen years. On the other <laughs> hand, you've got. So we play this game at the Zelda Dungeon Marathon, and like people can beat it in like two hours. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Yeah. Um, and that that was before it was on Nintendo Switch. That was like the OG version. Well, actually, I think it was the Wii U version with save states. But still, that's that's pretty wild. I would say budget five hours on your Nintendo Switch to beat this game. Yeah. I think that you could realistically beat it in five hours. If you absolutely abuse the rewind feature, which I definitely encourage you to do. <laughs> His second question is, is the game still difficult with a guide? ocarina holder yes it is very difficult like i said like a guide will only tell you how to to go somewhere and do something it like it can't fight for you and this game is tough because of the combat so a guide is kind of like it's it's nice but like again i'm gonna use metroid on nes again a guide for that game and i should know because i wrote one you can only tell people like where to go and you can say like you need to cross from here, point A to point B. And you can say that in one sentence, but it's completely different, like, actually crossing there because there's a million enemies coming at you, and it's, like, it's it's tougher than, you know, you make it sound. So, yeah, it's definitely hard. Yep, I remember it being hard. <laughs> I don't think I had a guide back then either when uh, I played it. I played it when I was 10 with my brothers, so that's why I say 
it's taken 17, 18 years for me to not even beat it. So we made it a good way through, but I'm pretty sure we rage quit. So yeah. Okay. Well, let's skip ahead to another question because, uh, that's, that's the next question from Hobbit is at what point in age of uh, age of calamity, God adventure of link. <laughs> did you feel like you wanted to rage quit? <laughs> um, from the beginning, uh, really, but we did, we did make an effort. This is, um, I have a ton of brothers, so we had to share video games. I couldn't just do this by myself, but we tried because we had played Ocarina of Time. We had the collectors, the GameCube collectors edition. So we played Ocarina of Time and we played, uh, Majora's Mask. And then we were like, let's play the old school Zelda games. And we beat Zelda 1, but we were not having fun with Zelda 2. And I'm pretty sure we made it at least three-fourths of the way through before we just gave up. Hmm. Well, I remember playing, I don't know how many years ago it was, but I, I finally had like, I think I'd got the hammer and I was, I was going through death mountain and I got like all the way to the end and then I died and I was just like enough, I'm not doing this anymore. And, um, I don't think I replayed it until it was on the switch with like all of the save states, rewind features and stuff like that. So I think that I was probably playing on my, I don't know, maybe maybe my 3DS because I would have had, well, no, because I didn't have a safe state. So I don't know where I was playing this game, but I, I know specifically I got to Death Mountain, I died, I went back to the beginning, and I was like, nope, that's enough. <laughs> that's enough of that. <laughs> yeah. So it wasn't a rage quit. It was just one of those, like, I'm not mad, I'm disappointed, I'm just not, I'm not doing this anymore. So yeah, I've yeah. had a few games where that's happened. So I, I totally get that feeling. Um, great question here by Fabes. And I, I actually don't know the answer, but uh, we'll, we'll speculate. Were the amount of non-playable character interactions a big deal at the time? Did that inspire other games to have more non-playable characters? Or did Adventure of Link get inspired from a different title? Excuse my ignorance on that era of gaming. So I'm right with you, man. I, I am ignorant as well. Mossies would be a great person to ask that question. Because he is a NES connoisseur. Um, I mean, I think... I have to imagine that there are... Like, off the top of my head, there, there's more non-playable characters in this game than I can think of in a lot of games. Like, I think that Final Fantasy certainly had a lot, and perhaps that was an inspiration. Um, I don't know... I don't know if Metal Gear was out by this point or not. I think that probably Metal Gear was... So, and that one featured, like, a pretty extensive, um, you know, not not a lot of different playable characters, but it featured a pretty extensive dialogue between Snake and, and the Colonel. So, I think that if I had to guess, if I had to put my guessing hat on, I would say that, uh, like, Final Fantasy and probably Dragon Quest heavily inspired this game. Um, I don't know, I, I wish I could tell you about the... Uh, the non-playable characters, and if that was a big deal at the time. I can tell you this, I don't think that there were a ton of adventure games that had, like, as many playable characters, or non-playable characters, rather, as Adventure of Link. But that's a great question, and uh, maybe one that we should follow up with Mossy's on. Yeah, seriously, because, I, I mean, I don't know the answer either, so that is very interesting. I never really thought about that. It's, uh, it's interesting, yeah. I would love to know. Um, Chewbacca is back with another question here. What mindset do you think the dev team for Adventure of Link had while making the game? And I guess he's really asking, why do you think they went in such a different direction with Adventure of Link? Um, I think that 
You know, I think that they were just trying to be daring and maybe see, you know, I you know, I think that we romanticized the first Zelda game a little bit, but there are a lot of things in that game that don't age well either. Like navigation is practically impossible. Like there there's a dungeon hidden under a random bush that you have to burn down in the middle of the map, right? So like there were certainly things that didn't work in the first Zelda game. So it's not like it was this perfect masterpiece when it came out. I think that it took until A Link to the Past to, like, really get the Zelda formula. Like, that game really was the one that, that really solidified that formula. So, knowing that the first Zelda game wasn't perfect, I, I do think that they probably were like, you know, well, let's try this, let's try this, and, and let's try some different things. And did they take it too far? Maybe. But, again, like we kind of talked about earlier, you kind of have to experiment and see what works and what doesn't work, but, you know, there, there certainly was room to improve on the first Zelda game, so I, I think that, uh, I think that that was probably their mindset when they were making this game. Yeah, I, I, I 100% agree, they just, like, they were like, wow, this IP did really well, starting off, and I feel like, you know, second and third games are always the ones where they just, like, they need to think outside the box, because otherwise, Otherwise, you kind of have the same game going over and over and over again. And then at that point, it just gets a little boring. So you, you see, like, the interest decline in it. So they were trying to do something different and uh, just a little bit out there. And they did, and it didn't work. And then they came back, and they tried something that was similar to the first, but still pretty different. Like, they still had so many things that they improved upon that just was just amazing for its time and there you go that was that was the risk that paid off well so they I think they were just trying to have a risk that would pay off well and it just didn't quite hit but it did once they tried again so and, and keep I in think. mind too that like um 2d like a 2d side scroller was like the type of game back yeah. then right so like yep. I can see them being like maybe in order to make this more accessible we have to make it more familiar with what people know and expect a video game to look like and to be so i mean it's all just speculation but i i think that would probably be all all of those i feel like probably played a factor everything that we just laid out probably played a factor yeah um okay this is a great question i think to end the show on here al this is from paper origami they ask what do you think adventure of link's greatest strengths and greatest weaknesses were and do you think said weaknesses could be altered or removed to improve the game? Do you want to go first on this one? This is kind of a loaded question. I mean, I kind of feel like we've been answering this the whole time. You know, the weaknesses is, uh, I think the biggest weakness is checkpoints in the game so that you have a place to go back to when you die versus going back to the beginning and having to, you know, rehash the game. So that's like the biggest weakness. I think it could totally be altered um, I mean, it has been altered with the Switch, so there's that. Like, it's not, like, in-game altered. It's definitely kind of outside sourcing a little bit, but, you know, it's there, and it's fixed, and, it, and if I wasn't so just not motivated with the game, I would 100% give it a second chance. Um, strength, I, I, off the top of my head, I can't really give it, like, too much, uh, you know, props on its strengths i think like you said the sprite work was great i really give it credit for trying to be different i do like the uh experience points system i just think it's more of a start versus like being amazing 
So, like, I think it has some things that are going for it. I just don't know what I would say is its strength. Okay, I, I think that the strength for me is... Um, I think the music is definitely a strength. And I think that the sprite work is definitely a strength. But I, I think that the, the overall strength of this game is, like, the the risks that it took. Like, this game... This game has balls. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> it uh, it did a lot of things that I I don't think a lot of sequels to such a amazingly successful game would do. And it introduced, you know, XP. It introduced spells. It introduced. Uh, and by the way, it introduced a lot of the Zelda lore, like the Triforce of Wisdom breaking up into like different parts and introducing inputs, stuff like that. Uh, Dark Link. So like, I think that. I the the strength of this game is that it went up to bat and uh it it went for it went for a home run with with what it was trying to do. I don't think it hit a home run. I think that a lot of that stuff didn't uh didn't land, it didn't stick the way that hopefully or the, maybe the way that the developers wanted it to. But I think that the overall strength of this game is that like like we've been kind of talking about this whole time, you found out what didn't work and from that you got a link to the past. And from A Link to the Past, you had the foundation for the greatest series in video games. So I think that without this game, I'm not sure that we get to A Link to the Past the way that it is um, in in like the, in the timeline that we're in. But maybe we'd, we would have got there eventually. But I don't know that we get that game um, the way that the way that we got it, and maybe as soon as we got it. So I think that's the overall like the strength and legacy of this game. Uh, weaknesses, I mean, there's a lot. You know, there's a lot. The checkpoints, obviously. No map is uh, is tough. Um, I think that the way that... I don't think the experience point system necessarily was a weakness, but I think that the way that it was implemented wasn't great. I think... Uh, I actually think that combat, for such a combat-heavy game, could have been better. Like, I know that you have spells, and I know that you have, like, your, your different moves, your, like your downward thrusts and stuff like that, but I think that there could have been... A little bit more and I'm not sure what that would have been but for such a, a grind heavy focus game I, I think that there could have been a way to make combat a little bit I don't know a little bit better um, and and kind of like you said Al I, I think that all of the major weaknesses maybe not all but certainly the fatal flaw of this game which is the lack of checkpoints is addressed and fixed on Nintendo Switch right now so I think that uh, you know, it can be enjoyed, and it can be improved, and I think that does improve it. And, um, you know, is there is there too much of a bad taste in a lot of people's mouths to try and go and replay it? Yeah, I think there probably is, and I think that's probably fair. I, I think that the, uh, I think that checkpoints don't, like, they're not going to completely change the game for you. Like, if you don't like this game, checkpoints and rewind aren't going to change that. And uh, that's fine. But, uh, you know, this game will always have its fans. This game will always have its detractors. And, uh, you know, at least it's interesting in that way. It's not a forgettable game. No, it's not. Definitely. I will definitely give it that. So, yeah, there we go. Wow. Okay. Well, that was, uh, we got, I think we got to all the questions um, that we had for Adventure of Link. Those were great. That was a great round of questions. And, Al, you did great. I, I think that you were fair. I think that you didn't really... Uh, dunk on this game as much as maybe you could have so yeah that was uh that was awesome i tried <laughs> i yeah. like i said i'll give it its respect i respect this game completely and i respect anybody who 
loves this game and it's like one of their favorite Zelda games, like I think that's awesome that you find enjoyment in this game. I think that's wonderful. So that's what I'll give it. There you go. You did better than I would do if we did <laughs> Triforce Heroes <laughs> Q and A. <laughs> I won't even be on the show. Like I, I, if I come on the show, I'll be like six Molson Canadians deep in the last oh hour. <laughs> And I, man, by that point, you don't want me on the show. <laughs> oh man, yeah, this was uh, this was awesome. Thank you everybody for your awesome questions, and uh, I feel like we did uh, I feel like we did Adventure of Link Justice today, even though I kept on calling it Age of Calamity for some reason. But uh, yeah, yeah. Whoops. All right, we are going to get out of here. Uh, of course, we want to encourage you guys to check us out over on Twitter at spateri three sixteen at Allison Aletha and check out the Champions Cast wherever you get your podcasts. Tell that Zelda fan in your life where they can get their weekly Zelda fix. Check out Musical March Madness over on ZeldaDungeon.net. Check out the Spateri Show on Omega Metroid's Patreon and check out ROM Hack Reviews while you're there. Uh, that is it. That's all. We're back here next week for a little Smash Talk. Until then, take care. <laughs>